California. It's the Mad and Pete Podcast. There's Mad and Pete. Eventually. shoulder <laughs> or is this oh. or as they say on the island the cold shoulder yeah uh, uh it, it, i didn't mention that we were gonna uh we we're gonna attempt this podcast today or more like podcast uh oh yeah it, you know females think a lot differently than we do don't they it's the opposite yeah, it is. Uh, it's an it's an odd thing. I didn't think because this is a soft opening. We listen, Pete from Oregon, little old uh, Matt here in uh, close to Pacoima, California, minding our own business. Thought we'd get together and yak. We've known each other for many many years, and the point is that it seems that everyone is doing a podcast from their back or front yard these days. And damn it, I'm a trained radio professional, so I thought I'd get in on it. And I asked Pete, I said, what do you know about podcasts? And, of course, your answer was? Next to nothing. <laughs> yeah, so here we are. And, you know, as a, as a guy, we all make mistakes when it comes to females, constantly. And even if it's not a mistake that we can see, and usually we're not privy to what they're thinking, but I should, I should have mentioned it to her, I guess. Because I'm getting that, that uh, you're hiding things from me sort of thing, but she won't bring it up because she won't acknowledge that she knows. And that only means that she must visit my Facebook many times a day. And I had no idea. And you don't have a, you don't have a Facebook page, right, Pete? No, I avoid social media at all costs. Well, you, so, you avoid social at all costs. Okay, yes, true. Yeah. Yeah. Pete's Pete's mother passed away uh, about a week ago. And a week and a half ago. And how did I know about this? I sent him a text uh, simply asking, how's mom? Because I know he was visiting here in Southern California, where, by the way, Pete was born, and he thought it was a good idea to move to Oregon because, well, nothing happens in the Portland area. Everything is copacetic there. 
But you live, I guess, far enough away from Portland where it doesn't affect you so much? Yeah, I'm, I'm way out in the sticks. Yeah. I'm far away from Portland. Yeah. And and so I simply, I, I, I simply text him, how's mom? And uh, knowing that his mom was ailing, and uh, the text back was simply worm feast. And I thought that he was joking. I thought, well, he couldn't. She's got to be okay. Otherwise, why would he say worm feast? But the truth is what, Pete? Well, she, she was really gone. I'm surprised you think I would joke about that. Yeah. So she's, so she's, and here we are. And we, this is a, a lovely woman, and you are closer to your mother than uh, your father, correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah, by far. Yeah, and... Uh, and then <clears throat> he he texts me a message, and it, he simply said, "Mother's Day just got a lot cheaper." And and I'm I'm well, add it up. Say what? Well, add it up over the years. You add that up. <laughs> yeah, it does get a little pricey, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You priced flowers lately? So here we are, and now I feel like. Uh, I have to make amends with Lori Downey Jr. And I, I wonder if it's this, the fact that I didn't mention it to her. It's not like I was keeping it from her. Do you, do you understand from my perspective that I wasn't keeping it from her? I just thought it was no big big deal you and I getting together. I do, but I, I learned a long time ago, I was lucky enough to witness something, and I've like, it's in my head, I've seen it over and over and over whenever something like this comes up. A friend of mine had two dogs. One was a pit bull, female. The other one was, I don't know, some big old mutt, a male. And whenever the male ran off, saw something, ran over, my, my friend would let it chew on a tire. When he'd roll the tire out, the male dog, of course, wanted to go play with the tire. The female's job immediately became to shut down his fun. Yes. Yes. It's, it, she didn't want the tire. She didn't want the toy. She wanted him to stop having fun. If we're not having fun together, then guess what, buddy? You're not having fun. By the way, I I think I'm digging myself deeper here. Uh, oh, but you know what? Let me try. Let me try another headphone because you uh, you are so distorted to me. You're not distorted on the air. I know that, but but it's like talking to to a, a spaceman. Which, by the way, you sort of fit into that category, Pete. Hold on a second. Yeah, I don't I don't know why you're sounding so distorted to me. Could be your seven dollar headphones. Yeah, that could have something to do with it. Okay, I think this is uh, is much better. By the way, the great uh, Rick Gleitzman is listening, so we know we have one listener. He's my one of my poker playing buddies. And man, was that a night last night, some bitch! I just, I'll tell you what, I, I, and I did make some moves as well, but I was getting cards, and it was one of those apocalyptic, in a positive way, nights where I couldn't lose. And I'm not sure how Cato came out, but he was wearing a mighty spiffy-looking mask. Old Cato Kalen is one of our uh, regulars, 
and we play poker every Wednesday. Uh, and who the hell, Mark C.G. Boyer, who is a regular on Outlaw Radio on Saturdays, he, uh, I don't think he did so well, but you tried your hand at poker, but it's really not your fort, as they say. Last Saturday, we played with uh, Pete, who was in town, uh, visiting, uh, well, the... See, I hate to be the one to say it. I, th- I think it's probably out of line for me to call her a worm feast, right? Because she wasn't my mother. Yeah, that'd probably be inappropriate. Hey, by the way, you're just a, you're a busy man, so worm feast was just editing it down for you because I'm running out of time. Yeah. Well, God rest her soul. Um, more like a clod cast. I uh, I'm just I'm just wondering if indeed. She may be pissed about, uh, okay, let me find this. Uh, a, a guy friend of Lori's, and by the way, this show, we're not making it all about Lori because I have some important issues that I need to get to here, but Lori Downey Jr., who is married to the great Morton Downey Jr., I found this on her Facebook page. And this was sent in, and I'll, I'll keep the names out of this to protect, uh, well, the guilty. Uh, but this dude, whom I guess <clears throat> Lori has known for a gazillion years, ever since he was known as like uh, Barbados uh, B- uh, Van Bob or whatever the hell his moniker was, I guess he worked for Z100 in New York. And when Lori first brought him to my attention several years ago, I said, no, that doesn't ring a bell. So he must not have been there when I was there. But he acted as though I, I was there at the same time doing afternoon drive, and that couldn't that couldn't have been it. I it was like power power man Bob, you know all those monikers, the van drivers when they're giving away uh, tons of bumper stickers and loads of cash. Or even the ones that they're just running running errands, taking the van to the shop, suddenly have names. Yeah, they do. No, they they do, and and I'm just wondering if that's not this guy. Because I never heard about this. Pismo Beach Bob or whatever the hell. And his name isn't even Bob. <laughs> but I, I, I said, no, no, that does not ring a bell. But for some reason, Lori, <clears throat> as a youth on the island of Long, who married Morton Downey Jr., um, <clears throat> this guy became friendly with her and they would have coffee together. You know, nothing intimate, just just friends. And... As Lori has many, many guy friends. See, as I've explained to Lori, men don't have female friends. We're always thinking about effing them. Always. I mean, even if they're the slightest bit attractive or even unattractive, but they've got some big old Malonis uh, Grande. What are we thinking about, Pete? Well, you can hone in on any on one part of their body, and you're thinking about the poon. Yeah, yeah, it's always that way. And and uh, yeah, I'm not being flippant about this. It's simply the honest to god truth, it, ladies. This is what we're thinking about. And for some reason, I get the impression that many a female is under the illusion that no, we can simply be friends. No. No, bingo boy, uh, van man, Bob, wanted to nail you. And Lori will say, uh, no, no, no intention. No intention, then he's homosexual. Am I wrong here, Pete? 
That's you're one hundred percent correct. You, she'll know when he doesn't want to nail her because he'll, he'll suddenly unfriend her. Yeah. Well, it's been many, many years now, and I get the impression that he liked the fact that she was, you know, she was a great Broadway dancer, and um, and her claim to fame was, of course, uh, uh, performing in a French show on Broadway. And she, by the way. Tremendous friggin' dancer. And if you don't think I'm trying to kiss her ass in case this gets back to her, you bet your ass. That's what I'm doing right now. But but truly, and a great thespian. I've seen her body of work. She was in many a TV show with Morton Downey Jr. <clears throat> and a movie or two. However, uh, this bingo boy Bob somehow, I don't know, meets her at appearance. I don't know how it all came together. And she is this pretty innocent gal from Long Island, and she's thinking, oh, bingo, bingo boy Bob, uh, he's on Z100. Well, not really on Z100 in New York, the biggest radio station in the world. More like he was running errands for Scott Shannon. But this dude who was introduced by Lori to me several years ago at a dive bar, and he was in town, and he runs around with uh, people like, uh, oh, God, who's that gal who did Toy Soldiers? Oh, Martika? Yeah, like a Martika or that red-haired gal who did I Think We're Alone Now, the cover of I Think We're Alone Now. Tiffany? <laughs> yeah, all the biggies. Uh, but he was on some sort of a traveling road show where he was the driver. And he would drive all these these gals, these uh, former mall performers, to their appearances. And so he happened to be in town because there was some sort of a, a performance at a mall in San Gabriel Valley somewhere. We, di- we didn't make that, but we did make the get-together. And I thought, you know, he's a fine enough guy and, and seems sweet. But on, <clears throat> on Lori's Facebook page, he posts a picture of Lori and Morton Downey's wedding. It was a wedding picture, and I guess he was there. So I I guess he knew her prior to meeting up with Morton, or it could have been around the same time because it was publicized throughout New York that his girlfriend was Lori Downey Jr. But he was, lo and behold, he was invited to the wedding. And this posting on Lori Downey Jr.'s Facebook page was a beautiful picture of Lori and and Morton. And with a caption from Bingo Boy Bob, popped up on my memories today, the most romantic and beautiful wedding I ever went to. Morton Downey Jr. and my best friend. It was simple, intimate, and beautiful. It was a real lesson on on love being the focal point, and that was amazing. I said I I couldn't let that go, Pete. I, you know, and and by the way, I know that I'm getting into trouble here, but I it's one of those things where I cannot let it stand. So I said, you got a hand for that guy. He's loading it on. He's really he's he's pulling that from the whole. Oh his, yeah. So that so I simply posted, butt cringe, <laughs> and. Some trouble, you said. Well, I know that that was most likely the wrong thing to do. But if I had always done the right thing in my career, I probably wouldn't be doing a podcast from my backyard right now. Um, some of the comments was, uh, you know, it's a beautiful picture. 
It looks like Keith Richards always had a cigarette in his hand. Boy, I don't know if that's a compliment, is it? Uh, always had a cigarette in his hand, even on his TV show. Um, and then Bingo Boy uh, Buffant throws in, hard to believe this was 27 years ago, as it feels like yesterday. That was a fun wedding. Last time I looked at the video, that was taken from that day. I laughed until I cried. However, conga line? Question mark. I'm not sure who started it, but we something, whatever else. And, um, okay, let's see. Uh, that's great. You were awesome. Hold on. I always loved him. And then there's uh, some Spanish gal who put in there una novia Bella, Bella, whatever it was, I think saying it was beautiful. And, oh, yeah, so here's my exact quote. I I threw in there, oh, yeah, amazing, in quotes, because he he said the wedding was amazing. So amazing. And then I I, uh, posted two words, butt cringe, in quotes. (laughs) And then, and then bingo... Mucci uh, Bologna, uh, he posted such class for un, and then dot, 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 dot. So now he's coming at me. Now, this is the first time we have had any sort of a tangle because, you know, I've always been real nice and I always liked the guy. You know, it's sort of like Gwen Roberts, who was our assistant program director when we worked together at Kiss FM here in Los Angeles. As Rick Dees would always say, well, you know, Gwen... Can't hurt you, can't help you. And and that's sort of what I thought about Bingo Boy Bob. But, uh, okay, so Bob says, I'm certainly not referring to Nora, oh, uh, whom, whom I find sweet and endearing. No, that was, I, I said that. Because I didn't want him to take it the wrong way as though I was going after the Latina gal, because why would I do that? Some of my best friends are Latina and Latinos. Um, and then he said, neither was I. And then I said, uh, duh. And, and I said, gosh, I would hope not. I sense no inference there. Um, and then dig this. There's a reason why I'm bringing this up. He posts, you're up early, waiting for the stores to open, question mark. And then a picture of a liquor store. Little nasty. Now, wait. You mean how did how did he come to that conclusion that I'm I'm up early waiting for a liquor store to open? Yeah, that's pretty specific. Perhaps on Outlaw Radio when we talk about drinking, smoking, and interrupting. Um. Well, no, that's oh yeah, drinking. Drinking is first. So maybe he comes to that conclusion from that. But, you know, I'm thinking of all sorts of rebuttals here, and I'm thinking, well, why would I be up early to wait for a liquor store to open? Why would I not wake up when the liquor store was open? Pete, are you following me? Yeah, yes. I mean, isn't that stupid? Why the hell would I? I mean, as a kid, yes. I was so excited that uh, the fireworks stand was going to be open in Washougal, Washington. So I I could not sleep and got about two hours of sleep, woke up at 7, and the fireworks stand didn't open till 10. 
So I, I trucked on over there, went over the overpass. You know, I was like six years old, and uh, mom and dad were pissed, man. By the way, in all, all my uh, time as a child under the roof of mom and dad, that's probably the only, boy, this sounds like I'm a saint, but damn it, you know, if the truth, if the shoe fits, probably my only indiscretion. I got into so much trouble, but I was so excited about that fireworks stand opening that, of course, you know, I'm hanging around until they open up. But a liquor store, it seems to me that I, I would have no reason to wake up early to wait for a liquor store. Are you, are you following me on this? Yeah, it's almost like you're insulting your intelligence because, duh, you're going to wake up right before it opens. <laughs> right. I've set, set the alarm. But he's in, inferring that I must be a, uh, some sort of a big drinker. Now, <laughs> we've all had our, our bouts with enjoying libations. I remember David Letterman <clears throat> on several occasions making note of the fact that uh, what would he say? He said, yeah, oh, yeah, I drank a little, oh, drank a little too much. I had to curb it uh, because, you know, I drank a lot. And by the way, yeah, there was a time when uh, when I was enjoying boozing too much, you know, like four, three, four days a week. I mean, not getting uh, not getting anus size drunk, but, you know, just en- enjoying it. And, yeah. you know, and then it, then it, it's and as you grow older, you feel like crap the next day. I mean, you wake up and you just feel like as a kid, man, it seems like you. Well, I, I never drank as a kid, though, uh, but it seems like it gets worse and worse. And this picture of the, the liquor store and all the bottles of, of liquor and the response that I'm waiting for the stores to open. I'm thinking, well, what do you know that I don't know? You know, I I, I, I will uh, quaff one or two, and gosh knows, I've never, I've never had a sip of booze alone. Lori and I, on occasion, will drink out by the pool a couple uh, days during the week, have a cigar, talk about life, talk about her business. Um, but bingo boy Bob threw in, actually, I'm sorry <coughs> that this post has brought out your insecurities. Too bad you didn't know him. You could have learned something like I did, such as how to love and appreciate someone as it should be. He's talking about Morton here. And and he's talking about it bringing out my insecurities. So I then rebutted insecurities, question mark, Scott? How did this become about a man that I adored, appreciated, and shared like political beliefs? No, this is simply about you needing your man card revoked. That means he's all better, right? Well, no. He uh, he went on to say your initial <laughs> comment was not necessary, and I, comma, do not need an imaginary card to validate myself. Too much pie, son. Pete, what does that mean? Too much pie, son. I don't get that one. I don't. I don't get it either. I don't understand what that means. So I then retorted, obviously spoken by someone with a lefty bent. Uh, you are the barometer by which necessary must be judged. Which comments are necessary on any Facebook post? Right. And that was it for him. He said, "He said, uh, uh, I guess he acknowledged that I was uh, perhaps correct, 
And then he said, this has been fun. Have a nice day, Matt. Uh, and then I, be, before he could go away, I said, incidentally, I'll stoop to your level of insalubrious immaturity by responding with, you're up early, must be dating season. And then I slapped on there a picture of sheep. <laughs> and then he responded, good one. And then he, then he said, oh, glad we had a little fun here, but out of resoaked, I think he means respect, I'll delete these comments. Um, uh, so, so he took away everything, and I can only get, I don't know how to do the screenshot thing, because I'm an idiot when it comes to, well, most things, but certainly when it comes to any sort of computer stuff. So I didn't know how to screenshot this thing, so I just simply you know, copied and pasted as much as of this as I could get before it was all deleted. And so I said to his comment, glad we had a little fun here, but out of resoaked, I'll delete these comments. And then I, I mentioned, like every snowy, flaky, no backbone, spineless jellyfish, um, perhaps I don't play well with others. <laughs> I put that on there. And, but of course, they, but they do. Do you notice that, that folks on the left, they will always eventually, when they're beaten into like a pulp, they will delete their comments? Oh, they don't want any history of being uh, smacked around by you. Or by, by anyone. By anyone. Because yeah. we always deal with the facts. Uh, but I, and I, I, I got to tell you, man, I know, I know that he had to have made a call to his best friend, Lori. And best friend? What sort of sycophant is this guy? Now, now you know me. What? Now, you know me. For a, a casual yeah. observer may say, well, Matt's just jealous. You know me. I'm not jealous. I'm not the jealous type. But I do have a... No, I was also going to say, yeah. is it possible this guy, maybe he really was there when you were there and you just you didn't know him or notice him, oh. but he has some axe to grind with you. I mean, this is just like years in the making, maybe. Well, you know who th he thinks is a real talent and he supposedly worked with? Th this should tell you everything. Hollywood Hamilton. Oh. <laughs> now, Pete, you were at Kiss FM when Hollywood was doing nights, right? Yes. Yeah. Would you ever run into that guy, or you 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 never saw him because uh, you know you'd be you'd be looking forward, and he was too short to see. <laughs> didn't you have a didn't you have a, a unique picture of him? Oh man. You know, it's so funny. A select group of people know about this. It was a video. And, hey, Pete, hey, Pete, you you weren't involved in this, were you? No, I, I heard about it years later. I didn't know it even happened, but I heard about it. Somebody, somebody gives me a damn video. Unsolicited, I gotta tell you. And by the way, this Hollywood Hamilton of which we speak... This dude uh, does uh, afternoons at uh, WKTU in New York City. Good afternoon. I'm Hollywood Hamilton. Uh, not really from Hollywood, but from Reno, Nevada. So I should be Reno Hamilton. However, moniker schmoniker, I'm hot. Bring a little Hollywood to New York City. Good afternoon. Here's Evelyn Champagne King. Uh, Hollywood, the, the video that was handed me 
when I forget who the hell it was, that's why I was thinking this is something you would do, Pete. You sure you didn't give me this video? I had nothing to do with it. It was, it was a video of Hollywood on a boat exposing his genitalia. <laughs> and if truth be told, and we're, listen, we're nothing if we're not truthful. Lori, uh, not Lori, Ellen, Ellen, um, because Ellen's middle name is, uh, is, is Lori. Or no, no, Lori's middle name is Ellen. That's why I think of uh, the two of them. Uh, not to mention that uh, uh, Ellen Kay, who is a radio star here in Los Angeles, uh, we, were, uh, we were sort of uh, t- uh, together for a couple years. And, and there was a certain intimacy there. And uh, she was interested in this video. I said, I have no interest in this video. And I gave it to her. Did, did you know this? So Ellen Kay, who does mornings on coast here in Los Angeles, sh- she was in receipt of this video because why do I want to see Hollywood Hamilton's tiny genitalia? Although he's only like four foot three. Is it possible? Even if he had like normal sized genitalia, it would probably look huge, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't recall. I, you know, I watched it once, and I was. And by the way, when I was handed this video, they didn't tell me what was on this thing. They said you got to watch this because, they, <laughs> be, but only because they knew that, th- that there was a feud between Hollywood and I. Man, when I arrived at Kiss, I, he just instantly hated my guts. I mean, it was just it was over, and I and <clears throat> I guess I didn't do anything. To, I mean, hope springs eternal, but I didn't do anything to uh, endear myself to him either because if I feel like someone's against me, uh, go screw yourself, which is not, it, believe me, it's not mature in any way, shape, or form, but damn it, I was 26 years old doing afternoons at the second biggest radio station, first biggest building radio station in America. So I thought I was hot crap, and what I should have done was I should have learned diplomacy, but, you know, I, I did not. Um, but the point is that uh, Hollywood is having a great career. He was inducted into the uh, Radio Hall of Fame. Um, <laughs> and I talked to Rick. <laughs> now, wait, why are you chuckling, Pete? Which, which is uh, more legitimate, the Radio Hall of Fame or like a star, a star on the Hollywood Rock of Fame? Yeah. Which one costs you more out of pocket? <laughs> well, the way I see it is I will never be there because uh, I, I'm not that guy, man. I I'm, I'm not a, a, a political, except when it comes to actual and real politics. But when it comes to the politics of, of life and business, I'm not that guy that uh, kisses ass. And I'm not saying that as though, look at me, look how great I am. No, obviously, it is worked to, to my detriment. It, 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 because should I be in the radio? In, in your opinion, we've known each other many years. Now, don't kiss my ass. Should I be in the Radio Hall of Fame? A legitimate radio hall of fame? Absolutely. This stupid one they put together that's really about donations and just nonsense? No. Because he does are better than that. But yeah, I mean, then you, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm not kissing your ass. I'm being serious. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I of course, made some bones about the fact that Hollywood's in there and I'm, <laughs> and I'm not. But he learned politics. You know, he knows what he's doing. And he knows who's asked to kiss. 
And frankly, would it be nice to be in this fake Hall of Fame? Yeah. But I know it's never going to happen because I won't give it the extra smooch. I, I, I flat out, I am unable. You know, I always thought throughout my years on this planet that at some point when my back was against the wall, I could kiss ass. I always thought that that was possible. It's, it's impossible. I, I am unable. To, well, you've only, huh? You've only gotten worse. Yeah, yeah, anything, you've gotten worse. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, def- I'm defiant when it comes to authority. So anyway, God love that little pipsqueak. I think he's up to four foot seven now. You know how most people, they get shorter? He actually has gotten taller. (laughs) (laughs) That little Reno, Nevada kid. You know he used to grow grow the afro taller to say so he looked bigger? (laughs) Yeah, he made it to, uh, I think, afro size. He's at least four nine. I think if you count the apple. <laughs> <clears throat> so anyway, uh, Lori Downey Jr., I, I, I hope she's not – I, I love that broad, and you know that. You, you know. We, we have had uh, many a conversation. And Lori, a, a, truly a talent and a great producer. But I believe when I threw up there uh, on the Facebook page uh, the name of our producer and uh, you, please, please tell everyone our producer's name, Pete. Oh, Vance Duke, very talented guy. Yeah, the great, the great Vance Duke. I think Lori may have been offended and said, "Well, why am I not including this?" But she has a side job which keeps her from the Lighten Up Lounge, where we broad chase, met to say cast, uh, the Matt and Pete uh, podcast. Um, and so I, I don't, I don't know how to buy it back. I mean, it's not a thing where I take her to dinner. First of all, everything's closed except Al Fresco here in Los Angeles because our mayor and our governor are true pieces of shit. Did I say that? Can we say that? Is that legal? But true pieces of S. Uh, and she doesn't eat, as you know. So that so that holds nothing for me in in trying to make things better because she's just happy with a cheese sandwich. You know, I have this little... Uh, crappy air conditioner in the studio here, this 1876 Virginia City, Nevada-style bar. And the problem is you can't run the uh, microwave oven in the house while this thing is on. So Lori, Lori was trying to melt some cheese on bread, which is Lori Downey Jr.'s favorite food. And I, it, and I walked in, I said, oh, no, you got the... I said, well, that's not going to work. And then pop, boom... Stopped, but she ate it anyway. So she wanted a little melt. There was no melt on the cheese. And I said, well, you know, let, let me turn the air conditioner off. Nope, this is fine. Because she's not an eater, unless it's sweets. If it's hot enough outside for an air conditioner to be on, why didn't she just put the cheese outside and let it melt? She's yeah. very selfish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, um... I hope she died, man, because she's a great producer, but I think when she saw the name of uh, the producer of this podcast and all of his accolades, she felt like, well, why am I? Well, I'd love her to be involved, but she's not available. I mean, you know that. I mean, she's not, she's not here. If she were here, that would, that would work out. Yeah, she would have been your go-to if she was around. You know, do you think it's just about her name not being included? Like, maybe you could call it the Matt and Pete podcast, not featuring Larry Downey Jr.? <laughs> well, I don't know. 
I know. I was going when I uh, when I threw in the name of our producer. I was going to add under the auspices of Lori Downey Jr. And see, I I was right about that. I should have done that under the auspices of Lori Downey Jr. But of course, I would have you. <laughs> yeah, but COVID, <laughs> COVID in my personal life, I always I always do the the wrong thing. If it's the right thing and the wrong thing, I I will select B every time. All right, Pete, worst game show concept of all time. Worst game show concept of all time. You're asking me or you're going to tell me? No, I'm a- first I'm asking you because I'd like to know if you could hit this thing on the head. Oh, wow. The price is wrong? I don't know. I can't, I can't even think of the word. All right, all right. Hang in there. Let me give you a hint. Get ready to match. The star, Scoy Mitchell, Brett Summer, Charles Nelson Riley, Eddie Doyle, Richard Dawson, Scoy Mitchell, Brett Summer, Scoy Mitchell, Scoy Mitchell, Scoy Mitchell, Scoy Mitchell, Scoy Mitchell, as we play the star-studded Big Money Match Game, seventy. here today or any day and we thank you for joining us because we couldn't do it without you <laughs> isn't that funny how are you good what uh, what'd you say what'd you say nothing <laughs> get out <laughs> all right you all ready there he is telling scoey mitchell to get out boy he was pretty popular back in the 70s scoey mitchell a stand-up comedian now match game is one of the greatest game shows of all time because it's it's more about audience, well, without an audience, it's more about celebrity participation than it was a game show, and I and we've never talked about uh, Match Game, but you had to be a fan, right? Did you dig Match Game? Yes. Because depending on who was sitting there, you know, and they had their their cast of characters like three uh, who were on every show, and they were perfect. And then you you threw in a couple others, uh, including but not limited to uh, Gary Berghoff's left hand. They'd throw Gary in there, and he would take over when Charles Nelson Riley was directing plays on Broadway. And Gary got, seemed to get a little full of himself. But even regardless, the show worked. They had great writers. It was funny. They would never get crude or or rude. And this this new incarnation of match game i watched about 10 minutes of it once it's it was terrible because it it became really rude and scatological which was the concept of match game is they would do these little rhymes or you know uh, peter uh, pepper would uh, uh, whip out his and then fill in the blank but you'd never say the word well on this new one with that no talent uh, baldwin certainly no talent when it comes to hosting a game show, they would say the words. And you understand the concept. That's pie on cake, right, Pete? Absolutely. And even I've noticed Family Feud and some of these other shows are that way too now. It's like the whole 
the beauty of those was the way they used to just walk the line. They yeah. just would walk that line, but it, it was like, that was, you know, it's almost like Carson, the way he didn't have to say anything at times. He just looked at the camera. He just knew, yes. but he, it didn't have to go, didn't have to go to the smut. Yeah. That's a crutch. Yeah. And that's, that was the beauty of match game and the chemistry of all the characters and Gene Rayburn. I got to tell you, man, no better friggin' host in the history of hosts. This guy was, although I think, I think he was a commie. I mean, I've never really looked into it, but one day he's wearing like a robe that Chairman Mao used to wear and because he visited China <laughs> and he thought that was really cool. And he was wearing this, this friggin' robe on the show. And it's like, should he not have been thrown out of Hollywood for being a commie? Now, today... It, 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 you must be a commie, otherwise you're not allowed into Hollywood. Well, nowadays he'd get an extra show out of it. Yeah. Okay, get ready. Worst, worst concept for a game show ever. See if this rings a bell, Pete. Match game, Hollywood Squares Hour. Oh, wait a minute. That's happening, or that already happened? Years ago, after Match Game was off the air for many, many years, they, of course, uh, put together a nighttime version called the Match Game Hollywood Squares Hour with your hosts, Gene Rayburn and John Bauman of Sha Na Na. <laughs> how, do we, how do we miss this? I, it's on the, uh, what the hell is that network that I watch? It's not the game show network, but uh, uh, what's it called? Buzzer. Buzzer TV. Um, and I got to tell you something, Pete. It It is so unwatchable. It's like, well, it's watchable in the way that you want to watch that first Chevy Chase late night uh, talk show over and over again. Uh, it's <laughs> <laughs> because it it's so hilariously awful because they're trying to fit square pegs into round holes. Uh, and the the guests were, the, I mean, bad celebs. The entire thing was a bad time. And John Bauman as the host. And what did he play? Oh, he played Bowser in Sha Na Na. Imagine him coming out there on stage with Gene Rayburn. And then Gene hosts the first part, which is Match Game. And Bauman, a.k.a. Bowser from Shanana, takes one of the seats there in match game, right? And with a really with a really bad celebrities, I mean celebrities you've never friggin' heard of. They were on maybe a daytime sit, uh, 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 not sitcom, but a uh, um, yeah, soap opera. And or made an appearance. They were like the the fifth banana in Joni Loves Chachi. Those sort of <laughs> those sort of celebrities. And it was this show is incredibly uncomfortable. Bad celebs, bad time. You you see the anguish on Gene Rayburn's face, like. Man, my my agent really screwed me this time. I mean, you see that you you see it on his face, and I I know that his agent screwed him because this had to be twenty years ago when I started Outlaw Radio, 
And my brother Mart and I were at a Zanku chicken in Sherman Oaks. And there we are in line, and I see some dude sitting there by himself eating chicken. And I took a second glance, and I said, Mart, I think that's Gene Rayburn. And Mart looked over, he said, yeah, that's Gene Rayburn. Now, I'm a fan of Gene Rayburn. I, I thought that he was truly one of the greats when it came to game shows. Uh, an articulate man. Uh, we've already uh, confirmed that he was a commie, but take that, take the commie thing out of it. He was, he was a brilliant performer and real smart. And I thought, well, I'm, I'm not going to lose this opportunity to at least meet the man, the one and only Gene Rayburn. So, grab my chicken. I walked over and I said, uh, uh, "Pardon me, I, I hate to bother you, but you are Gene Rayburn, are you not?" And he looks at me and he says, uh, yeah, who's asking? I said, well, I'm mad. I do a radio show. Man, I really like you to be on the radio show. He said, no. And I said, well, you really haven't heard it. You haven't heard what it's about. He said, I don't care. And I said, well, you know, really, really nice to meet you. And I've always been a fan. He said, I appreciate that. He, I said, and then, of course, being the diplomat, I said, what happened? <laughs> And he said, I'll tell you what happened. He said, I'll tell you what happened. He said, I was in New York. And I think that's where Match Game or some other game show started. And, you know, most of the stuff uh, on television started in, in New York. And then eventually they, they moved to a, a nicer climb as in Southern California. Nice weather and so on. He said, my agent screwed me. But he didn't say the word, well, we're on a podcast. He said, my agent, quote, fucked me. And I said, wow, I just, I just met this man. <laughs> He's being real honest with me. And I said, well, how did that happen? He said, my agent told me if I came out here and I ho hosted Match Game, I would get lots of other television and perhaps movie things. He was an actor as well. I don't know if you know that, but Gene Rayburn was a, a thespian. And he, yeah. And I said, so what happened? I said, I came out here and he fucked me. He said, nothing. Match game, then nothing. And if you recall, do you recall, even, do you recall Gene Rayburn even a, on a love boat? No. I, no. How do you, how do you not go on a love boat? <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't on a love boat. I could have played a kid, I guess. But, you know, that really wasn't... I, I wasn't vying for that gig. But not a love boat, nothing. And he said, and his agent effed him. And so he was, I'll tell you what, pissed off about that till the day he died. So the finish to this Gene Rayburn Zanku chicken story is that he was, you know, a little uptight. And I said, well, very nice to meet you. He said, nice to meet you. And he said, good chicken, huh? And I said, I remember that like, like it was 20 years ago. <laughs> COVID. And I said, yeah, really good chicken. And that was it. Next thing I know, he finishes his chicken. He walks out. And I hear this screeching tires. Martin, I get up, look out the window. And it's him in this beat up, like 63 uh, uh, some sort of a van, and it's him behind the wheel. He almost died that day. Someone almost hit him while he was squealing out to get on the road. 
And and I, I'm, I'm thinking I must have upset his day, and that certainly wasn't my intention. So how much money do you think he was pulling down? Like, how much money did he make when he was doing the match game and this other terrible hybrid? Well, he was he, he was the star of the thing, so he must have been making feasible money back in the day, but probably, you know, residuals probably weren't uh, worked into the equation because it was a game show. Oh, back, yeah. back then, they're thinking, who the hell is going to watch a repeat of a game show? Little do they know. I mean, the... You know, yeah. the the estate of Gene Rayburn could be making uh, bank right now. But I, I'm sure he did okay. But, you know, when you're, when you're offered this beautiful opportunity to, as I understand it, he, did, he didn't like the idea of moving to Southern California. He liked New York. But because of all the offers that would be coming in, and his agent screwed him. So the poor, uh, poor guy, man, and he almost died that day at Zanku. Terrible thing. Do you think he just pissed off every time he would see Richard Dawson on TV? Oh hell yeah! Because Richard went on to make a gazillion dollars, and and that has nothing to do with his like or dislike for Richard Dawson. I'm sure he he liked Richard. No, no, just the jealousy. Yeah, and and more than that, it's like, damn it, I should have had Richard Dawson's agent. Because this guy went on to great things. I re- I met Richard. I was 15 years old visiting Los Angeles from Seattle, Washington. I took a Greyhound bus here. I drove, and I, I what you know, and, and in Hollywood, remember when they used to pass out the? Yeah, I mean, you were a Southern California guy. You were born uh, in Orange County, and they used to pass out the free game show tickets. Oh, yeah. They'd be standing up there trying to find people to go in. Well, guess what? This 15-year-old who had to say he was 17, uh, I took a ticket, and they bust us over to ABC on Prospect and watched the show. And then afterwards, I met Richard briefly. How cool was it as a 15-year-old to see Richard walking out the door and his limo waiting for him, and boom, pops in the limo. And I'm thinking, man, I want to, I, I want to be that guy. I want to be that guy that pops in the limo. But I never wanted to be a game show host, and I had opportunities. But I never wanted to be that game show host guy. And now, in my career, hell, I would love to be a game show host. But back then, I thought it was beneath me. How about that for arrogance, Pete? <laughs> well, but it, it does kind of like it limits a lot of people once they do it. I mean, as Gene Neighbor learned. I mean, yeah, ask Gene. Yeah. Uh, I posted on uh, my Facebook. Hold on here. Eh, where the hell is this? <sighs> well, uh, while we're performing Outlaw Radio on Saturdays at three o'clock PST, I don't. I do not have the use of a computer in front of me, so this is a different setup. I'm not used to this. This is like uh, highfalutin. I posted uh, a picture with a caption, "I miss the old boy," and it was a picture of uh, Burt Reynolds and my own self. Um, I was in a movie with Bert, a an award-winning movie called Category Five. I'm big in France, Pete, uh, because I believe that's the only place it appeared in, in in movie theaters. But I simply mentioned I miss I miss this boy, and you never know what is going to gain traction on Facebook. 
You never know. I just threw that up there because a buddy of mine who was the producer of the movie, uh, Chris Brown, sent me this picture. And I thought, man, I, I love that guy. I love that Burt Reynolds. And the comments through the friggin' roof, including, um, uh, let's see, Great Pick. Uh, Scott Rubin says Magic Matt, whoa, meaning uh, he really dug it. Uh, great photo. Chuck Gimeni said very cool. Dave Lerman, don't we all? Uh, meaning we miss Burt Reynolds. Yeah. Uh, great picture from Damien. Oh, and then Lori Downey Jr. This is when I could tell something was awry. She, simp- she simply wrote congrats. And, and, what is she congratulating you on? Well, I, I responded, R-E, question mark, question mark. And because in the context of this Burt Reynolds picture, I threw in a, another plug about uh, the Matt and Pete podcast. <laughs> yeah, so no reply, no response. But, I mean, come on. From a female in this situation... Great producer, Lori Downey Jr., and she writes, congrats. What does that mean to you, Pete? Oh, man, I mean, she's pissed. Yeah, yeah. Vance Duke, our producer, said, I approve of this audio production. Um, Edward Losey said... She reckons she write something nice like that. <laughs> well, <laughs> Edward Losey, uh, the publicist of the star, uh, mentioned very cool photo. Marty Wall who is a great uh, radio promotions guy, said, big fan, did you get to know him, Matt? And I responded, sort of, over the years. Dave McCormick said, great picture with Bert. Man, the comments keep coming in. Although, so, in other words, all, all the guys liked it, the one woman did not? Well, no, I, I, no, you can't say that. Uh, she's simply congratulating me. <laughs> Lori's congrats. And, and I still, and the question must be asked, on what? But I know what it is. It's on your new podcast without talking to me about it. Yeah, what are we doing here, Pete? It's a couple idiot sticks talking, th- th- not even on a, a, a transmitter, because you don't need a transmitter these days. Is she jealous of the paychecks? I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. By the way, when are those coming in, Pete? When does that happen? Uh, Burt Reynolds... Love that guy. And I was, see, before I ever, uh, before I was ever in that movie Category 5 with Burt Reynolds about four years ago, Jack Riley, my buddy, let me pick up that name from the ground here, the great Jack Riley, Mr. Carlin from Newhart, he is the link between Burt Reynolds and my own self and Robert Blake, Beretta. And I'll, I'll tell you about that in a second. But Jack called me one night, must have been 20 years ago, and he said, Matt, we're at a jazz club on Little Santa Monica in Beverly Hills. <clears throat> I, he said, I know how much you love Burt Reynolds. He's supposed to come over here and be a part of our group. And there were only like four or five of them. It was Jack Riley, Mr. Carlin from Bob Newhart, and a couple other, a couple other uh, hussies. And, and I said, I'll be there. So I arrive, and who comes walking in but Burt friggin' Reynolds. Now, 
This was 20, 20 esque years ago, Pete. This is when Burt Reynolds was Burt Reynolds, right? This is when yeah. he was still yeah. the Burt Reynolds from all the movies. He was the guy on the Tonight Show with Carson. And yeah. <laughs> interesting, though. You know, and he was affable enough, but certainly not sloppy with his praises. It was simply nice to meet you, kid. And that was that was pretty much it. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, but I I, I want to be your pal. You know, can't we? <laughs> you know, can't we talk? He was there to see the jazz music, but we spoke uh, just a couple words. But it was so cool hanging with the great Burt Reynolds. And then fast forward 22 years later, I'm in a damn movie with him. You think he remembers our meeting? Pete? <laughs> Not a chance in hell. Yeah, I'm just one of the many fans that met Burt Reynolds. Uh, but it was that was pretty cool. Oh, yeah, I called you. I said, hey, kid, 20 years ago. Yeah, I remember that. Hey, kid. Yeah. Yeah, Riley, by the way, Jack Riley, he's also the link between Beretta, Robert Blake, and, and my own self. And this was at a, uh, I believe it was a Noah's Bagels, where every week there was a get-together of these, these sundry uh, performers, faces that you would know from uh, Dick, uh, you know, the Dick Gaudier types. Right? You remember him from Get Smart? Yeah. Um, yeah. The character actors, all these guys you would know. Well, one of the dudes happened to be Robert Blake at a Noah's Bagels. And I'm hanging with all these guys, and Robert is telling a story to about 20 of us uh, when he was a, a child actor. Yeah, he was a kid, man. He started when he was like three years old. And he was talking about being on the catwalks in the studios during the filming. And we're talking about, you know, 40s, uh, 50s movies. He'd be on the catwalk looking down as they're shooting scenes for some of the, the most acclaimed movies of all time. And he mentioned, and I can't, I can't remember who the hell it was right now, but he mentioned um, a real famous movie actress from that time. And he was talking about how beautiful and sexy and stunning she was. And as I said, he's like six or seven up there on the catwalks looking down at the scene being shot. And, and, I, and I'm an idiot. And I, I'm the first to admit to this. And I said something like, so did you do her? I mean, what a stupid friggin' thing to say to Tony Blake, Beretta, Robert Blake. What a stupid thing to say to a guy who's talking about his his adoration for this movie star back in the day, and I and something so stupid comes out of my mouth. So did you do her? And he stops, and everyone was quiet. And you could see the veins in Robert Blake's neck start to pop. And he stares me down. And he said, maybe you haven't heard about me. And I said, what, what's that? He said, I'm half crazy. And the other half, I'm a lunatic. And I said, I said, oh, okay. 
He starts to stand up. At that time, Jack Riley, a.k.a. Mr. Carlin from the Bob Newhart Show, walks over, grabs me, says, hey, man, I want to show you something. He takes me outside. He said, <laughs> he said, Matt, he said, he he's not the guy you want to tangle with because he will hit you and he will punch you. And I said, seriously, in a Noah's bagels, this guy will attack? He said, he will attack you. He will hit you. And he said, I may have just saved your life. <laughs> he said, he said, huh? You think he went home that day and took it out on the wife? Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> uh, I... I walked back in. He, oh, he said, try a little diplomacy. I walked back in. I didn't apologize. I just didn't engage from that point on. And I ran into Robert Blake <laughs> on another time at Chadney's, the, the venerable watering hole and restaurant across from NBC, where Carson and Ed McMahon were known to spend some times tippling at the bar. And I'm in there, and Robert Blake is in there, and I... I I stayed away. I stayed back. And that's when you could smoke cigars in restaurants and bars. And but guess who he was and this is before they were an item. Guess guess who he was kissing up to? Female. Guess. Who the chick that he ended up offering? Now I, I, I will tell you this. I don't believe that he killed her. I do not believe that he killed her. But Yes. Yeah, Bonnie, uh, what's her name? It was her. Bonnie Lee Bakey? Yeah, <laughs> it was her. Yeah, and by the way, Bonnie Lee Bakey, also a uh, tremendous forensic accountant uh, and one of the, you know, Bonnie Lee uh, uh, Limited. I remember the, her company. But here they are together, and this is before they become an item. And And she, you know, if you recall pictures of her, she was never hot. I mean, never even close to hot. But she had a way no, about her. He could have gotten hotter than that, couldn't he? Well, yeah, because he was Robert friggin' uh, Blake Beretta. But that was the beginning of the end for her life, man. And, you know, if you could jump in the Wayback Machine, it's like, Bonnie, you know, you want to sort of take her aside and say, Bonnie, if you continue this, you, your life will end in a little Italian restaurant not far from here. But no, it's not the way. Huh? Well, she was messing around with some other celebrities too, wasn't she? Didn't she have some little uh, that was her thing? Scam going or something? That was her thing, man. You know, she'd give up every orifice, and if you do that, then you're going to find takers, guys that normally wouldn't be interested because aesthetically you're you're not really hot. But if you're giving up everything, then okay, I'll take a swing at that. I'll cut off a little. Little uh, piece of that one. Uh, you take a little slice. It's not like you see in the face when you're back there, anyways. <laughs> okay, that's Pete. He's living in Oregon. Uh, Michael D. Roberts, by the way, seventy-two years old. Does that ring a bell, Michael D. Roberts? No. Rooster. Rooster. The pimp. No way. Were you too young to enjoy Beretta? No, you're only a few years younger than than I. 
No, I remember Bruce. I mean, the name didn't. It took, took a second. Did he say he's seventy-two? Yeah, he's seventy-two, and Robert Blake is eighty-six. And you never really saw that. You know, the the age differential on the TV show. You'd never think that Rooster right. was so many fourteen years younger than Robert Blake. But seventy-two-year-old Michael D. Roberts, and what is he doing now? Well, the home version of the Beretta game. That's uh, that's pretty much what he's doing. <laughs> Hey, the good news, uh, throwing out the first pitch, Anthony, tails I win, heads you lose, Fauci. Oh, boy. Washington Redskins will now be called the Washington football team. Did you hear me, Pete? Washington Redskins, changing their names, they will now be called the Washington football team. See, this is what happens when the left gets involved. We are individuals. We think for ourselves. The the narcissistic ignorance of the left. I grew up a Dem. Did you grow up a Democrat? No. See, well, you, you were lucky. You saw the light, I guess, because of your parents. Were both your parents uh, conservative? Yes. Yeah. Well, not mine. You know, my dad, being a musician and all... You know, you can tell which way the political uh, act swings there. Uh, I grew up uh, with a bunch of Democrats. And my uh, my family, my aunts and uncles, all Democrats. And to this day, with the exception of my mom and dad and my sister and brother, they remain Democrats. And you see a lot of this. You know, Pete, you were on Outlaw Radio last Saturday, and... My uncle Dick Nelson from uh, Northern Nevada, who lives in Dayton, close to the, well, the Moonlight Bunny Ranch, formerly owned by my dead buddy Dennis Hoff. You can see how odd this is that if you're born a Democrat and somehow you, you are so emboldened with this concept of being a Democrat that even though in your gut you're a conservative, my uncle owns, what, 120 guns? He believes in liberty. Oh, He's, yeah, the man loves his guns. He loves his rights. However, oh, that Trump, man, I hate that son of a bitch. I'd like to shoot him in the face. It's like, but but why? And and if you recall my question, what did he do to you that was de- detrimental? And what was his answer, Pete? Do you remember? Oh, uh, fuck you, Matt. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Yeah, anything that comes out of his mouth is shit. I said, well, how about an example? Pause. Everything that comes out of his mouth is shit. All right. You know, and I love my uncle. He's one of my top five favorite people on this planet is my Uncle Dick. But, man, we can't talk politics. And my aforementioned uh, uh, buddy Rick, his, uh, his girlfriend is a huge lefty, and Rick is not. How do you get along? I mean, your spousal equivalent, right or left? Definitely right. I mean, I, I don't see also, especially in this, this day and age, that you can be with someone who is complete opposite and, like, live in the same roof, under the same roof, and have any sort of common plan. I mean, how? I don't know how. Well, as Rick tells me, he said, well, we can't talk politics. I said, but that's all that's in the news. And uh, by the way, I would venture to guess that I bet she talks politics. Yeah, I bet I bet it comes out of her mouth. But he's, you know, he's yeah. taking the high road because he wants poontang. And chicks don't need the penis. We covet punani 
We covet the vagina. Men, I, but women do not covet the penis. And that's the vast difference well, between the two of us. And that's why they rule the roost. Agree or disagree? Truth. You know, there's a lot of truth here. Uh, and I, I, Lori Downey Jr., I, there's no way in hell that we would be together after this many years if she were a lefty. And she was a dancer on Broadway. And her dancer friends, 99% of them on the left. But females, for some reason, and I don't know if it, it, they're born with this, assert a modicum of diplomacy that men don't have. They can get along. Or maybe it's just a, more bullshit. You know, that they can put up this front where it doesn't matter. And they can put up with the the meanderings and the rantings of nutbags on the left, and they don't feel the need to call them out. Right? Yeah, but somehow it's just probably the compassionate side of him that just doesn't want to tell the weirdos to shut up or something. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Hold on. Oh, come on, man. Oh, there it is. There it is. All right. When we return, and I know we said we were only going to do this for an hour, but I, we, we got to get to this before we go. Uh, Governor Newsom's alcohol agency has e- issued an edict declaring what a bar meal is. Have you heard about this? No. You're going to want to hear about it when we return on the big dog of podcasting. Matt and Pete Podcast, here on the Outlaw Radio Network. By the way, simply because you think this is Funky Town, don't go away. This is uh, sort of a remix.
Alpha, California. It's the Mad and Pete Podcast. There's Mad and Pete. Eventually. All right, we're back. Are you, are you back, Pete? Yeah, I'm back. All right. Okay. I know you have a busy schedule there of eating, drinking, maybe token on occasion. And by the way, you're a conservative. I just have a question for you, actually. And by, by the way, you being a conservative, but you you enjoy your weed, right? And there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, yeah, you, I do. Yeah. You probably enjoy an, uh, an adult beverage on occasion, right? You you probably enjoy an adult an adult movie on occasion. You can be a conservative and love all these things. I I'm a conservative because I care about the United States of America and I do think that we're better than every other country. That's why I'm a conservative and I I want what's best for the people of this land and that's why I hate lefties. Did I say hate? That's why I dis no I meant hate. I really do. I can't stand them anymore. <laughs> I wouldn't have said that a, a year ago. But my God, man, they are ruining this country. Your question, Pete? I wanted to talk about your URL collection, if we could. Oh, let, me, let me see if I can find it. Oh, and then, I, then I'll get into uh, Governor Newsom's uh, alcohol agency. Because, by the way, they want control over your lives. They want control over our lives. It's about three things. Control over your lives, power, and control over our lives because they know better what to do with your life. And this friggin' uh, definition of what a bar meal is, this will blow your mind. All right, go ahead. I, I'm going to pull up my uh, URLs. I think I have them here. Uh, sign in. Okay, go ahead. Yes. Well, there's two, two in particular I'm curious about. You have... Yeah, yeah. That listen, we don't cheap out here. It's not a dot org or dot USA. Yeah, it's jajasleg.com. And you have GaryBirdoffsHand.com. Yes, yes, I do. I own that. Yes. I'm just I'm curious which one actually draws more traffic. Well, I can't answer that question, but but I I can sort of answer it by looking at the GoDaddy list of my URLs, and I can tell you how much the estimated value is. Oh, there you go. Yeah, for each one of my URLs. Which is based on traffic, partially. But yeah, that's good. Okay, okay. My americasupremacist.com URL is listed, well, uh, it's not listed for sale, but if it were to be, the estimated value, $1,039. Nice. <laughs> America Supremacist, which, by the way, is not a bad thing, if you understand what that means. It means, as I just stated, that America is the best country in the world. That's all that means. America Supremacist. And, uh, I, yeah, I, I uh, glommed onto that. Uh, when, when did I do that? Uh, just a couple months ago. $1,039. Bar hopping with Magic Matt, $294. Broadcasting.net. See, because it's a .net, 
less than a hundred dollars. See that, Pete? You want to you want to go with the wow. dot coms? Yeah, uh, classicamericanbars.com, less than a hundred bucks. But one of my favorite URLs, and this is probably my favorite, dementedporpoise.com. The estimated value five hundred eight dollars. That ain't bad. Yeah, five hundred. Huh? What's wrong with these people? That should be worth more than that. Well, it it will be. It will be when when someone in China wants uh, to buy this. You know, and that's the thing. That's the thing with these URLs. <clears throat> you want that big uh, highfalutin businessman, but now I won't do. Uh, I I you know I tell you what. This whole China thing has really screwed my URL business because those are the guys that will spend a million dollars for a URL, and they've been known to do that. But now I can't deal with China because I will not take their filthy lucre. Dementedporpoise.com worth $508. Gary Berghoff's hand, $203. Hmm. Gary Berghoff's lefthand.com, less than $100. So I guess specificity does not help. It's detrimental. Um, Interesting. Did you know I own both of them, Gary Berghoff's left hand? Because it was his left hand that didn't work didn't work so well. I, I, didn't, know you, I didn't know you got that specific. Yeah. Well, you notice, I think you're the one who brought it up to me, that if you watch watch MASH, what, what do you notice in MASH, MASH anytime Gary Berghoff as Radar O'Reilly is in a scene. What do you notice? They hide the nub. <laughs> they what? They hide... They, they hide the nub. So what you're saying is he's usually, he's usually carrying a clipboard or something. If, mm-hmm. if you recall, Gary Berghoff as Radar, Radar O'Reilly is always carrying a clipboard, which hides... Is it a does a nub. Are there fingers? Well, I guess it's not technically. It's technically not a nub. Well, because uh, both are are they partial fingers? Like, what you got going there? We were doing so well until we got into uh, human deformities. We were, you know, we've gone an hour and twenty minutes without any reference to any sort of human deformity, and. Uh, let me move on here with the URLs and their estimated value. I own LibertyMattersUSA.com, and I bought that, what, a month ago? It's worth $446. Wow. MagicMattUSA.com, $804. Now, I, now, this one I purchased when my dear buddy Dennis Hoff proprietor of the Moonlight Bunny Ranch in Mound House, Nevada, was alive. Unbeknownst to him. Moonlightbunny.com. I bought that years ago because I felt as though he may need it at some point. Now, you know I'm not going to... I would never have hijacked him, but I think it would be only fair that he pays the at least the estimated value. Don't you think? Of course. Why would you... I mean, that's... It's like cars. It's a blue book value. I mean, there's a reason for that. Well, before I go on with the rest of the URLs and the estimated value, you bought a URL many years ago, and much to the chagrin of the name 
the the person whose name the URL contained. And would you t- tell us what what happened there? Uh, it is Prescott, Prescott Niles. He's a vampire slash member of the Knack from My, you know, My Sharona. Oh, My Sharona, you mean this song? So you're minding your own business. That's him on bass. And Prescott Niles is, yeah, that's him on bass. He plays bass for the Knack, or at least he did. Um, only half the Knack exists. Uh, two of the Knacks are, uh, well, they're in they're in Knack heaven right now. Uh, but the two that, that exist, uh, Prescott Niles, one of them, a dear, dear friend of mine for many, many years, and a regular on Outlaw Radio. And uh, you met him through Outlaw Radio. And... Uh, you, you have have mentioned time and time again that, in your opinion, he resembles a vampire. He acts like one too. He like disappears, and all you'll hear is like a. Okay, but a, a hell of a, a hell of a bass player. And one day you yeah. des- you decide to purchase what, Pete? I purchased PrescottMiles.com because I noticed that he had not. And that worried me because if I fell into the wrong hands, bad things can happen. So you bought his name, PrescottNiles.com. Yes. And then, and then, and then, as a yes, as a courtesy to him, I went to him. I said, Prescott, this is dangerous. Your name, your name was available. I purchased it. I locked it in for whatever it was, three years, and I said. Basically, if you want to buy it, I'll sell it to you at cost. Basically, what I paid. Right. Okay. And he was outraged. That's my name. That's my name. I'm not paying for that. You give that to me. That's mine. Right. And it's like, well, it doesn't work that way. Anyone could have grabbed this. I grabbed it so nobody else would grab it. If you wanted to grab it, if I hadn't, it still would have cost you some money to grab it. That's the way it works. The URLs aren't free. So you, you did this out of lovingness that emanated from your heart, looking out for Prescott Niles. Yeah, I'm a very nice man. And so you bought Pres- PrescottNiles.com, and uh, and you offered uh, offered the URL to him at the very same price that you paid for it. Or There was probably a little VIG in there, right? Uh, handling fee? Well, I'm also a businessman. Okay, and he was pissed off. Yeah, very nominal fee, very nominal fee. But he was pissed off, and what did he say? Did he buy it from you? No, he got nastier, so the price started going up. Okay. Now, here... No, no, basically, he didn't didn't want to pay anything for it. He wanted me to hand it over to him, and he wanted me to eat the cost. Well, this came to my attention because Prescott called me livid. He said, "Your your friend Pete... Your friend Pete, he 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 bought my name, and I said, oh, "Why why would he do that?" So I don't know, man. He's a he's a putz, man. He's a putz. By the way, did I mention all of the uh, uh, the Knack members? Uh, one of the one of the rare all Jewish rock band, and so he would use words like putz and so on, you know, Yiddish uh, sort of words. I'm an honorary Jew, made uh, uh, honorary Jew by the great uh, Milton Berle. And I wear that like a uh, well, I wear that like a Milton Berle honorary uh, Jew plaque, and 
And Prescott <coughs> was pissed. I said, what, are you going to buy it from? I'm not going to buy my fucking name. I don't have to buy my own goddamn name. I said, well, then, then how will we resolve this? He said, Matt, call him. Call Pete and, and tell him that he owes me that name. And I do recall calling you. And the tough part during the uh, conversation was trying to control my, my laughter. <laughs> and I love Prescott. And I love you. But I understand that you're a businessman and you got to make a buck. And I said, so how much would you sell? I think at that point it was up to $300, right? 330 something like that. Yeah. And, it started and I was at least 50 or 60 bucks into this. So I, so I got on the phone with Prescott. I said, listen, it's going gonna, it's, uh, gonna to cause, fuck you, fuck both of you. We didn't talk for years. And as I understand, you know, he just came back to the Lighten Up Lounge here on Outlaw Radio uh, about three months ago. And, you know, and everything was copacetic. He was cool. It seems like the burn was sort of um, mellow at that point. But he still wants his URL back. But I guess your negotiations continued to the point where, what what did you finally get that URL up to cost-wise? With him or when I, when I uh, unloaded it? Oh, you sold it? Oh, yeah. I didn't tell you that? No. No, I just, it, it gave me bad vibes. She's, he, she's not a nice man, so I thought, you know, I don't, I don't think I want to own this anymore. And you sometimes, based on traffic or whatever, you get people who approach you and want to buy a name. And I got something, they, they tracked me down through the mail, and they, they gave me $900 in change for it. Are you asking me, honest to God? Yeah. I mean, I got rid of it. 900 bucks though? Well, that surprised me, too, because it's like, who's looking that guy up? But, <laughs> hey. Vampires. Give me $900 first, and I'll give you, yeah. <laughs> it's just afterlife. Well, it seems like you came out uh, rather well on that deal, man. I, I had no idea you sold that. Oh, yeah, if you're looking up now, they're trying to get, I think they've dropped it. This was a, while, a little while ago. They were trying to get like 4000 for it, and then the price would drop to drop 500 bucks. Then it would drop another 500 bucks. They're like, keep going. <laughs> yeah. Well, you sold at the top, man. They didn't lose their job on that one. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess Prescott uh, should have purchased it when he had the opportunity. And uh, I guess that, what's the moral to this story? I guess it's an immoral story. Uh, uh, I also in the story at all. Since you inquired, uh, one of my uh, one of my fave URLs is mypussygalore.com. I bet you didn't know that I own that. From no. uh, from What's the that worth? yeah from the famous James Bond movie, a thousand ninety. That's the estimated value. Nice and. Paying homage to my Uncle Dick in northern Nevada, Dayton, Nevada to be specific. Years ago, I purchased myuncledick.com. That's worth $704. Wow. And outlawradiolive.com, $1,085. Outlawradiousa.com, uh, estimated value, $1,257. Outlaw Radio USA, uh, 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 USA Live.com, $334. <clears throat> SiriusMatt.com, $1,054. Uh, 
And to finally answer your initial question, jajazleg.com, $483. So, by the way, anyone within the sound of our uh, podcast here, you know, if you'd like to uh, throw in a, a, a buck or two, I mean, we'll get we'll start the auction. I got no problem with that. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I'm telling you, I mean, none of these have lost their value. I mean, do, does it happen in your experience, <laughs> COVID, that you purchase a URL and it goes down in value? I mean, or have I just lucked out here? Or are these estimated values bullshit? I've never seen them actually like, change and go down, but I've seen some that were, weren't worth much in the first place. So, I mean, the fact that you have a lot in there that are up towards a thousand bucks, that's good. Yeah, I owned a bunch more through Dotster in Vancouver, Washington, and I lost the email that I was using, and I lost all those URLs. And that, that by the way, that keeps me awake at night sometimes because I had some great ones. I mean, this is back in the day 20 years ago. So I had URLs that I probably probably would have made bank, hundred grand and so on. And it really does it pisses me off, man. Because I'm unlike you, I'm a bad businessman. Bad, bad businessman. So that sucks. Okay, let's uh let's finish up with this because we must this is this just pisses me off beyond belief. Governor Newsom's alcohol agency issues an edict declaring what a bar meal is. As in the mayor of, uh, no, by the way, it's not the current mayor of New York who went off on that Slurpee and those uh, those big-ass uh, drinks in 7-Elevens being banned. That was uh, Bloomberg who started that crap. You know, a quote-unquote uh, supposedly conservative, at least he ran Republican, uh, because I got to tell you, man, they love telling you what to do. That you're going to believe that this is in the Onion News or this is in some sort of a, a joke news source. This is the honest-to-God truth. Governor Newsom's What a Bar Meal is. Gavin and his ilk, man. They're about control over your lives. This is by Katie Grimes from the California Globe. Governor Gavin Newsom is, oh, his last lockdown order included closing bars. By the way, hey, Pete, the bars were open for less than a week. When he reopened the bars, opened less than a week, and you couldn't sit at the actual bar. You'd have to sit six feet away from the bar. Explain to me the sense in any of this. That's as stupid as up here. They've just, they just announced that the bars that are open are going to go from, they used to close at midnight, now they have to close at 10 p.m. because apparently the coronavirus only works certain hours. <laughs> I guess I so. Yeah, none of this makes any sense. It's about one thing. It's about control. Why am I not on the left? Absolutely. Because I'm not about control. I'm saying live and let live. I don't give it and ask what you do. Don't hurt other people. Have a good time and be productive. Or don't be productive if you can do it legally. You know, and get away with it. But, of course, you know, most of the, uh, well, not most, but a, a large uh, minority of folks in California, they live off the dole of California. And that's Gavin Newsom's friggin' plan, man. It's to hand out new programs every other week. So you become, you, you are sucking on the teat of 
California government, that's the way he likes it. Now you need it. It's all about indoctrination. And his latest, Newsom's last lockdown included closing bars unless they serve food. And I asked that question. I said, why? Give me a logical reason why a bar would have to close down unless they serve food. Pete, help me with this. So the coronavirus, the coronavirus loves booze, but not with a full stomach. Is that is that what is that science? Is that science? Now, what constitutes well, I've heard the coronavirus? Is, I've heard it's a party animal. <laughs> what constitutes food is no longer open to interpretation. Como said, <laughs> and by the way. You know, they live in lockstep, man, Como and Newsom. Como said bars could only stay open if they serve food. Here's a menu from a bar upstate. House chips, a dollar. This is this is from the Lafayette, upstate New York, and Buffalo. And they said, okay, we can get around this. A piece of meat, a dollar. Grapes, a dollar. Smallest piece of cheesecake in Buffalo. A dollar and nine French fries, one dollar. Apparently, Buffalo Wings. So they're trying. They're trying to get around it, but they they have a business. They have a ma and pop business, which was started many many years ago, and they don't want to lose their ass. They don't want to lose their business. That's the American way. But Buffalo Wings, fried cheese sticks, fried calamari, sandwiches, and salads. They're not considered a quote-unquote meal by Governor Newsom. This is Newsom seeing what the Lafayette Bar did in Buffalo and said, well, I'm not going to be made a fool of here in California. So lunch shaming against the law in California is now. Senator Republican leader Shannon Grove took notice, asked on Facebook, The governor of California now puts in writing what constitutes a meal where you can order alcohol. He's going to tell you what you can and cannot eat for a meal. No more salad and wine. No more beer and wings. Immediately following the governor's lockdown order ahead of the July 4th weekend, he had the Alcoholic Beverage Control Agency issue guidelines on what is required to be considered a meal. They make this up as they go along. Whatever they see fit, they know what's best for you. Doesn't this fry your ass? New York Governor Andrew Cuomo issued a similar order restricting bars to only those which serve food so that $1 bar menu for the Lafayette went around it and you can order it. I already gave you the list. But here's proof that those on the left have no sense of humor. California clarified what constitutes a real meal in a bar. In the guidance as to what servings of food licensees must prepare an offer to comply with this requirement, the governor's agency explains what constitutes a meal in a bar. The department has issued a variety of regulatory relief measures that requires the service of a meal. See law and policy coronavirus 19. Notices of release uh, of relief, items 5 and 16, June 10th, 2020. 
industry advisory, and various frequently asked questions, Business and Professions Code, Section 23038, provides that meals, quote-unquote, means the usual assortment of foods commonly ordered at various hours of the day. The service of such food and victuals only as sandwiches or salads shall not be deemed a compliance with this requirement. Who's fascist here, Pete? Oh my God, it's a nightmare. We're, a, we're living a nightmare. Yes, we are. Yeah, we are. Given the tremendous variety of foods available to many different licensed premises, this definition provides the necessary flexibility to look at the totality of the circumstances in determining whether or not the food service provided by a licensee is a legitimate offering of meals in a bona fide manner. In evaluating this, the department generally looks at the various menu offerings, availability during typical meal hours, and whether the food offered is served in a reasonable quantity and what a reasonable person might consider being a meal consumed at breakfast, lunch, or dinner. For example, Although multiple courses are not required to constitute a meal, in order for the patron to be served a meal, there should be a sufficient quantity that would constitute the main course in a multiple course dining experience. It is often easier to describe what does not constitute a bona fide meal in that regard, while the statute excludes mere offerings of sandwiches and salad. The department does recognize that many sandwiches and salads are substantial and can constitute legitimate meals. Once again, the department looks at the totality of circumstances and generally considers that prepackaged sandwiches and salads would not typically meet the standard. In addition, the department will presume that the following uh, and offerings similar to them do not me meet the meal requirement. Snacks, such as pretzels, nuts, popcorn, pickles, and chips. Food ordinarily served as appetizers or first courses, such as cheese sticks, fried calamari, chicken wings, pizza bites as opposed to pizza, egg rolls, pot stickers, flautas. Flautas? Isn't this an, uh, 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 an ethnic? This is racist. Flautas? I mean, you have you have a, a little uh, uh, Spanish in your bones, do you not? See, cups of soup, any small portion of a dish that may constitute the main course when it is not served in a full portion or when it is intended for sharing in small portions. This guy, Gavin Newsom, has a an, a fucking hard on for bars. I guess his bar time is over when he used to grab them floozies at 2 o'clock in the morning in San Francisco out of there and nail them all night. I guess because his fun is over, then we can't have fun. This guy has had a hard-on for bars since day one. Side dishes such as bread, rolls, french fries, onion rings, small salads, green potato, macaroni, fruit, rice, mashed potatoes, small portions of vegetables... Reheated, refrigerated, or frozen entrees. Desserts? Uh, excuse me, bartender. I'll take nine fries. 
This would be laughable if it weren't serious. There's a bar down the street that I understand. And by the way, never serve food in the lifetime of this dive bar. Uh, it's virtually walking distance from where we emanate uh, the Matt and Pete podcast. Thank God. And, you know, because those DUI laws, whew, they are just, boy, they'll nail you, Pete. Um, no sense of humor at all. This bar, for the first time, about three weeks ago, began offering wings. And I thought, I didn't even know they had a kitchen. So they went around the law, and it's really not going around the law. It's complying with the law by serving food. And explain to me what their thinking would be that only bars that serve food may be open, and now they're screwing those ma-and-pop bars who want to serve wings that, in their language, does not meet with the requirements of a meal. This is draconian lockstep, son of a bitchin' Hitler shit. And this is the stuff they ascribed to Trump? I don't see Trump taking our rights away. Am I on drugs here? Well, don't answer that. But do do you see any rhyme or reason to this? I don't. What I'm wondering is, could one of these, or, or a ton of these bars... If they if they hooked up with Uber or somebody, couldn't they just when somebody comes in if they want to order from their dinner from Olive Garden, then they they order from the Uber driver and you serve them the booth? Yeah, well, or, the, would that not work? Yeah, doesn't that make a? It makes a little too much sense. And the problem there is they must have a kitchen. They must serve this food. But now they, you know, it's a it's a no win for these ma and pop bars. And it all started with the smoking laws, the no smoking in bars. That started about 22 years ago. And I have been on to WHO World Health Organization because of this uh, long ago. This secondhand smoke bullshit. It's pure bullshit. Well, I remember you saying 20 plus years ago, you even said then, this is a slippery slope. You watch. And and everyone kind of just dismissed what you said. But you said, you watch. They get that through and it's a slippery slope and watch what happens and... Here we are. Yeah, and here we are. We're we are effed. And if you think this coronavirus is going to end anytime soon, uh, you you are barking up the wrong dog. This thing will last. Are you in here? Pardon me. Are you in here? It's time to cure. It's called an election. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I must tell you, the left—they are high fiving. You know, any negativity about Trump, which, of course, uh, the source of any of that negativity may be found on any one of a gazillion news shows locally. I can't watch local news anymore, and I certainly can't watch MSN or CNN. And, you know, by the way, sort of a line in the sand, uh, the gauntlet thrown down by President Trump regarding Fox News as well. I understand it. The guy has not been given an even break. In fact, just the opposite. He is running against asshole friggin' rhino Republicans, the Democrats, and the entire media. I'll tell you what, if he wins and he will, and I still predict a landslide, it will be a miracle. Can you imagine what this country will look like with Biden in charge? Because the dirty little secret is it's not Biden in charge. It's Pelosi. 
It's the commie. It's everyone but Biden. Can't they? The left doesn't care. Orange man bad at all costs. Get him out. And that's because they have no love of liberty or our country. And they don't see this biting them on the ass. But I'll tell you what, I see them starting to eat their own. I mean, you read a lot, Pete. You're seeing this happen. You're seeing that this this friggin' do what we say, don't, don't say as we do, lockstep bullshit is coming to bite them. And I think that this will come back and kill them in November. And that's not ju- that's not simply hope. I believe if you do the math, that's where we are. There's a lot of people who aren't who are sitting silently or who even I'm speaking out for the other side here and there that I think they're they're looking at the big picture, going, "I'm tired of this. This is a, this is the future of our country. If we follow you guys, forget it." I believe it could. So they won't talk about it. But right. When they go in and vote, they're going to vote for Trump. No, it's a silent, yeah, a silent majority, and uh, I I believe that uh, Donald Trump will probably amass the most black votes of any president in the history of the United States of America. That is my prediction. Uh, and you you watch this come to fruition. You think that the majority of blacks in our country have have a, a tremendous dislike for the cops? Let's say they do. Do you think they want to unfund the cops? No, they do not. Because in these neighborhoods, South Central, you know the neighborhoods in your city, the majority of those hardworking some bitches who live in those neighborhoods, they covet the police. It's the only thing between them and the gangs. I mean, I'm thinking in the sticks area of Oregon where you live, you probably don't have a lot of problem with gangs, but I might be wrong. No, there's no gangs here. <laughs> Hence the reason you moved. Unless from- you count me and my little friend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, Pete. That's the great uh, Pete from uh, Oregon. I'll continue to be a uh, little old magic, Matt. And this was on the verge of fun. Uh, and, and by the way, the only trep- trepidation I have is, uh, and I don't even, you know, how is it incumbent on me to mend fences with Lori? I, I love her. I love her. I didn't, I didn't begin this podcast as a smack in her face. I just thought we'd sort of open quietly. You know, it's a, it's a sort of a quiet opening, Pete. Yeah, of course. She didn't get it. <laughs> what? See, see, she has no idea that you're the devil on my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Pete, talk to you next time, and uh, have a happy day. Uh, and please visit LibertyMattersUSA.com, LibertyMattersUSA.com. That'll take you to the Facebook page. Uh, I would give you the website, uh, which is GaryBurgoffsHand.com. But, you know, we never update that damn thing. But it is the, the source of all of our audio from Outlaw Radio on Saturdays at 3 in the afternoon to uh, whatever podcast that uh, Pete and I decide to slap on the airwaves. And I thank you for being there. Um, I was I was going to mention, I hope we taught you something, but I know that that's impossible, especially thinking about the last two hours. But uh, Pete, I love you dearly, and uh, may liberty take over America once again, and the truth be told, 
Uh, we'll be this after back on Outlaw Radio, a.k.a. the Madden Pete Podcast. Aloha, my friend.